All right. Now let's split up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Now wait a minute, hold up. How come every time some skirt shit happen that we need to stick together? You white people always say, let's split up. Yeah. She's right, we should, yeah. we should stick together. Yes, that's what I'm saying. She's right. Okay. You three, follow me. We gonna die, to Afro Horror, everyone. We've missed you. I hope you had a great Black History Month. And we're carrying that same energy because Black History Month is every month here on this show. Into March with our next guest, I have a wonderful performer um, who's also a, uh, a fan of horror, obviously, because why would you be on the show? Born and raised in the South Side of Chicago. Hey, we got to talk about that because my sister is in Chicago right now. The age of 11, they started writing fan fiction that later transitioned into original works to where in 2015, they started their own original series titled Confusion. And as a filmmaker who specializes in genre-based work, their focus is on horror, mystery, thriller, sci-fi, suspense, and more. And if you want to know more about them, you can showcase their, uh, you can see them showcasing the horror noir that ever changed the landscaping and the intent of putting more black narratives in the forefront of genres that we are often overlooked in. This is Akira Burton, AKA Prince Onyx, hello. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh my God, I just want to say thank you. That intro, like y'all can't see it, but I'm like smiling from ear to ear. My face is starting to hurt, <laughs> but- Don't do you this, you wrote me. the intro. I did, I wrote the <laughs> intro. And it's just like, when you hear it read back to you, you're just like, damn, I really said all of that about myself. But it's true though, you know, like at the age of 11, I was not bored, but I was in after school one day and I just like started writing this fan fiction about a little show that people might not know about called Code Lyoko. Um, and when I was 11, I didn't know what the word hiatus meant. So when Cartoon Network was like, oh, the show is on hiatus, I thought that meant it was no longer on the air. So I'm like, oh my God, no. So then I had wrote a fan fiction se se season. And I laugh when I tell this story because I literally thought at the age of 11, okay, I'm gonna write this fan fiction season. I'm gonna send this to the producers. They're gonna love it. And they're gonna put my show back on air. Needless to say that that never happened, but the show did come back on air. But it was just the fact that I just like started writing and writing and writing and writing. And it's just like, I, I was writing like the rent was due. Okay, I'm 11 and I'm writing like the rent was due. I was just like episode after episode after episode, just da 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 da. But yeah, so, you know, original work, all that good stuff. Proud Southsider here in Chicago, what's good? <laughs> My sister is in the South Loop right now, but that's different than South Side, right? Uh, South Loop is really like the south, the southern side of like, um, I guess, guess you can say south border of downtown. So she's not too far from me where I'm at right now. So we're like probably in close proximity to each other. It just depends on like where within the South Loop. That's all. I love Chicago. Um, I'm actually going back to visit her this weekend. But what I love about Chicago is she's like right around the corner from the Natural History Museum like with a big dinosaur. Oh, okay. I think I'm. Oh, Get away, my oh. sister's location. Let me take this back. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Well, the, damn, well, the dinosaur is no longer out there, but I think I know because we got so many museums here, child. We're not gonna pinpoint it now because yeah. now I'm gonna be regretting it. Anyway, I meant just to say I love Chicago. I love the vibe of Chicago. Um, I I love the fast pace of Chicago. 
And I love the, the arts and community. I really think y'all really put a lot into your arts community in Chicago, which is something I wish we did here in LA a little bit more. Like I know we have LACMA, we have a lot of other museums, but like when I went to Columbus, Ohio, and then in Chicago, I was like, y'all really put effort into your arts and making sure people can get access to them. And I love that. And and I love that too, because, you know, like I remember being a kid and I'm sure like we all had those field trips where we went to like museums or aquariums and stuff like that. And then when you get older, it's like, you know, unless it's a free day, you know, you're just kind of like, look, I'll go when I can, or, you know, want to go right. on a date with your lover or whatever, or go on a friend date or whatever. But I do love that too. Like we have, I think that's what it is with the Midwest is like culture is such a big thing here. And with the arts in particular, it's really such a big thing. And that's why, like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do get, like, jealous of cities like L.A. and Atlanta because it just seems like everybody's going there. And it's just like, well, damn, what about us? Like, it, it, it's just no. kind of like, you know, it forces you to feel like you got to go elsewhere and, you know, fit in and things like that. And I just like to be outside the box. But I don't want to feel like I got to get in an assembly line. <laughs> no, but it's really, I mean, it's really, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. I spent some time in Ohio this past month for a project. But it's really crazy to me, the emphasis, like you said, on culture and the arts in the Midwest versus like LA, where you think we would have more. I'm not saying we don't, but the museums and that we have, first of all, yeah, they're they're not free in this sense of like, I think we have one free day for LACMA. It's like on Tuesdays and that's fine, but they're also not accessible in location. And mm. that's my biggest problem. They're like in downtown and Wilshire, which these areas you don't know, but they're just so congested. Yeah. And you're like, mm. and, and LA is not a place where you can just pick up a bus and be at, and go to a museum, to another museum, to another museum. Like that's not going to work. Like you'll spend all day doing that. So, um, and I live in a town called Burbank, just is right outside LA city. And there's no museums here, like in the sense of like an art museum or a gal, like there's smaller galleries, there's independent, there's a horror museum up here. That's really cool. But, um, I don't know. I just find it interesting that in the Midwest, the emphasis on culture is just, I don't know. I feels more accessible and tangible, especially there than it does here, which mm. should be not, should be, shouldn't be that way. But anyway, so um like you I mean I was 11 I was like 13 I permitted to I submitted to Project Greenlight even though I knew I wasn't of age and I was like yes you're gonna make my movie like do you know HBO's Project Greenlight yeah girl you got more tenacity than me I would have looked at that and been like so how am I gonna lie <laughs> like what birthday like, am I, I gonna care. use I don't care you're gonna make my movie and of course they never did I was like 13 and I'm gonna do it um, but I do want to ask, what was the first horror movie that you saw that like made you a fan? Oh my goodness. Um, it was like quite a few, but if I if I can recollect from my memory, I would say like the ones that I remember that always stood out to me was Scream. I don't know which one it was I saw back then when I was growing up, uh, 13 Ghosts and Halloween, the 1978 uh, version, the original, the one that, you know, started that whole timeline. So yeah, those would be like the top three that I remember from memory. I'm gonna take a guess and say the 13 Ghost version is the Raw Digga version and not the original. Okay, yes. that's a great, that's a great movie. Okay, people sleep on that. I'm like, child, baby, if they if they were to make a remake, which uh, Lord knows I don't really tolerate the remakes and the reboots, but that would be one I would be interested in seeing only for the visual effects and the technology aspect like okay now that we're in 2023 versus when that one came out in the early 2000s like how far would y'all go like what would the budget give would it give us like 
more or would it be like oh girl we just gonna give y'all the same thing you know like you know i like not even a, a remake like let's just keep going because like raw lived she lived like okay. let's go like okay make a sequel where it's like you know her character is trying to warn people not to do it again or something you know what i'm saying like let's make a sequel let's get creative okay like let's, let's get, get creative. you know a fun fact i actually <laughs> now that i think about it i think one of the projects i was writing when i was a kid was a sequel to 13 ghosts where like the father became obsessed with ghost hunting and da 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 and wanted to like recreate the house just to get his wife back again her spirit but then things went left so you know anybody listening out there you got a freebie on me but like that was the <laughs> sequel i did that i came up with and i never followed through with it because i was just like you know other projects i was more focused on but i just remembered that that i like literally tried to write a sequel and jab that yeah it it went lost in the wind <laughs> okay. fan fiction right fan fiction posted up online some i think the conversation online has been like why don't we do a prequel with of all the ghosts like how they yes i'm like come on that's brilliant we all like i don't know is um who was the studio oh i get two dark castle um the production company dark castle i don't know what they've been up to lately i need to look it up but it's sitting right there. There's 13 movies sitting right there. You can make your own 13 Ghost universe, like Marvel style. And okay. they all come together. Or like the Conjuring universe. Like I'm telling right. like people, like instead of, that's the thing too, instead of people thinking about, oh, how can we remake or reboot this? Use the material you already have and you can literally carve out like more productions, you know, like, yeah. and if not 13 movies, you could give us like 13 hour long episodes on like Netflix or something like that. Like streaming is where it's at. Like y'all can give us something that way it's like, oh, okay. And then like the 14th or 15th episode is them all coming together and getting captured and yada, yada, yada. You know, like we, we sitting on ideas, Hollywood, hire us, okay? Someone's been working on it. Someone has to have been, and it probably failed and someone needs to pick it up again. But you know what I watched yesterday that I was like, now who's saying this is a bad idea? Ghost Ship. I like Ghost Ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay come on now oh i remember oh, girl you was really unlocking the vault because i remember seeing that one as a kid too right like that opening sequence when everyone gets cut in half oh Oof. that's brilliant and who's this? and like we could do this like you know let's just go to another cruise liner like come on let's see the or let's see the prequel of it when you know they were on the boat and, and anyway we're out here pitching free ideas but y'all gonna have to pay us if you want to okay use it but you got to cut the check okay so talk to me about Prince Onyx. Ah, yes. So my name, Prince Onyx, it comes from my first name. So our peer is African. It stands for Strong Prince Warrior. Uh, so that's the Prince part. And then the Onyx part, it literally just comes from the Onyx stone because it's black and strong like me. <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah, Prince Onyx, I am an avid horror fan. I love fantasy, science fiction supernatural thriller mystery all of that i recently purchased a book um called the black guy dies first from the father to the oscar and i'm just only a few pages into it and i love it because it's a very in-depth book about you know our place in the landscape of horror like with the harvard noir documentary that is on shutter i learned the difference between like a black person in horror movie in a horror movie versus a black horror movie because there is a difference like when you have like the one girl in Megan, like that's a black person in a horror movie. That's still a form of horror noir. Then you have a movie like Get Out or Us or Nope, where it is a black horror movie because the predominant majority of the cast is black. 
Um, and so, yeah, I just, I love it. And I just love creating stories outside of what I feel the industry, I feel like the industry tells us that we can only do like comedy and drama and you can't step outside of that landscape because other people dominate that landscape. And so they'll look at you funny. And I'm from the school of move out the way because there's other creatives out here with other stories, other people who watch these movies other than the audience that looks like, you know, y'all. And y'all know what I mean by y'all if you don't know. But anyway, <laughs> um, it, it is know, I just, um, yeah, I just, I love it. I love horror and I just, uh, I want to, I'm going to rather, because I believe in speaking things into existence. I'm going to pave out the way for not just myself, but those like me who love this genre as well. And they'll be able to look up to not just like a Jordan Peele, but also a Prince Onyx in the next decade. So, yeah. And that's so well said because it's so, every time um, I tell someone about this podcast and about how we have just black horror fans on, they're like, oh my gosh, like black people like horror because isn't life scary enough? And I'm like, yeah, our life is scary enough. And I can't explain the, the I don't know how to explain why enjoying horror is separate from the horrors of our daily life <laughs> I guess because we know it's tangibly not real like we know that's not real and there's nothing scarier than real life so we I don't know what is it for you like what is that feeling of watching horror you know mm -hmm. even though like your life can be not saying that it is but it can be pretty scary no that and that's real too because <clears throat> I think for me it's just interesting seeing how seeing how people respond to different scenarios like when it's a either it's a slasher film so there's a serial killer or it's like you're in the uh, jigsaw universe and you're dealing with these traps and it's like people are if it's a group setting you're supposed to work together as a team but then everybody ends up betraying each other and then you know folks end up getting killed and it's just like oh goodness gracious like <laughs> just the whole jigsaw universe crazy but like i think for me i just i'm really fascinated with just fear and how it shows up in these different scenarios whether it's again a slasher or a monster horror or i guess the jigsaw would uh, category will fall into the category of torture like i'm just really interested in the human psyche in a sense like when it comes to scream for example and you have all these people who are coming after sydney it's just like okay what is the psychology behind it what's the psychosis of it like you guys are all after her because it's like you know when they say paying for the sins of the father well sydney prescott is paying for the sins of her mother but it's just like, you know, she's having to pay for it. But then it's like, it's a ripple effect. Everybody else who's around her has to pay for it as well. Um, Halloween, you know, the girl that got away, the final girl, and how they made this new timeline where it's like, okay, well, what if, you know, from the first Halloween to the newest one that they had to the one, you know, Halloween 2018, what if Michael just got away that night or he, you know, they arrested him, put him in the psych ward, but then he broke out and he still came after her after like 40 something years, like, what is it that just made him feel like oh she's the only i gotta get rid of her and then like what will he just like disappear into the universe like will he evaporate so yeah i just it's something about horror that i just i love because i don't know i like i like the darker side of film the darker more genre based i mean don't get it wrong i'll watch a friday after next friday and friday next friday all day long you know i like the lighthearted stuff too but I like the darker stuff as well. It's just like, I guess, finding that balance, you know, because we're as humans, we all have that yin and yang side of us. And I feel like a lot of people don't really tune into that. And so they like, 
it's either one side or the other for them and that's another conversation uh but like i just like balance and i feel like you know in a in a world where yes our our lives could be to a degree harvard based you know with everything going on in this country and this world but you know it's a little form of escapism i find it in harvard i find escapism in a genre that like you said people would think hmm, that out of everything else is going on yeah that <laughs> I mm, I smell a Libra. No, I am an Aquarius sun, Gemini moon, and Pisces rising. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I think some Libra might be on my chart somewhere. It might be somewhere in the chart. Girl. It might be somewhere in there. <laughs> I know I have a Leo Mars, apparently. I don't, girl, I don't know, too. I'd be hitting up my friends like who would love that astrology stuff. I'm like, so tell me, break this down in latent terms. like, Because I'm just like, you going into a whole other direction. And I'm just over here like, so about this toast I ordered. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Aquarius is cool with me too. It's, it's it's okay. We'll live. What month though? February. God. Oh go oh, Jesus. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about you. <laughs> Look, okay, waiting for me at the dough. <laughs> uh, I've heard about you, and um, we're not going to talk on that. But I I agree, I agree with you. I I think there is like you said there's a yin and a a yin and a yang to it and it's something really cathartic just about being able to expel fear a fear out of your body through a different outlet rather than a personal fear. Like rather than me actually being physical danger, I'm expelling whatever anxiety or fear that would be into a movie and so it doesn't live in my body. And I, I always say horror fans are actually the most well-adjusted people on the planet because they're not always carrying that like heaviness of anxiety or fear because they, they're putting it somewhere else. I don't know. No, that's, think that that's, but no, that's a great analysis. Like when you think about it, we carry so much, like especially because the human body is a conductor of electricity per se, but it's a conductor for other things too. Like you said, that anxiety, that fear, the paranoia, the stress. So you'll watch like a whole crap ton of horror movies and it's just like by the fourth or fifth one or however many a person needs to watch it's like oh they're relaxed as ever and can go on about their day whereas other people are carrying all this stress and it's just like child you know no thanks yeah we're like facing our fears head on through these art forms whether it's book or tv or film and we're able to just go oh that's that's not so bad so that and the lexapro but <laughs> <laughs> Two things um okay so i do want to talk about our marquee topic of the day which is ms megan um this is really great though because um akayla cooper is the screenwriter and she's a black woman she's also a really huge fan i got to interview her for final draft and i want to say bloody disgusting as well and she has i don't can i yeah she said this on record so i think it's fine she's really interested in bringing um pumpkin head back like that is one of her favorite franchises. Have you seen a pumpkin uh, Pumpkinhead? You know, because I ain't gonna lie to you, Shadi. There are so many Pumpkinhead movies. Like, which year was it? Because I like, I swear I'll look it up today after this interview. Because whichever one it was, like, look, it's a homegirl who made Megan. Look, you can cast me. You can cast a bunch of my friends. We need this check. I need this money, Frankie. I need this money. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I don't look, know. I'll be the first one to go. Like, look, just don't let don't let the death be horrific. But I'll be the first one to go. You know, just knock me out and just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> wait but have you seen Pumpkinhead? because i don't know if that's a movie i, feel like you I have see. i feel like i have and it's just okay. like because it's so many pumpkin head allures that i'm just like child whichever one she's trying to make <laughs> i so it's the 
I believe it's from the 80s. My earliest memory of this movie is that I had a crush on the boy on my street and I would go to his house and him and his brothers would constantly watch Pumpkinhead and I was terrified of this movie. So like, I wouldn't stay. I'd be like, okay, well, when the movie's done, you want to go get ice cream or something? (laughs) I'm coming in this house. Um, Sweet memories. First crush. But um, so the movie, from what I remember, is a group of people white people and they're traveling through this countryside and they accidentally kill a farmer's boy like it was an oh, accident okay it was, yep know, I, it's coming back to me now yep I yes. remember it. now it's coming and back the to dad me. raises up this like legend Spirit. of pumpkin head. yeah yes, revenge okay, yeah. on these group of kids oh yeah def- okay so instead of me being in the film girl just have me as a pa that way it's like i'm behind the camera when that thing comes out the ground I take it back. Yes, okay. yes, yes. But Miss, okay, so Akela, she also did Malignant. She's done a, a bunch of TV shows as well. Um, so she had mentioned in our interview about Megan. So Megan was actually, I believe, I believe this is right. So please don't come in my comments yelling at me, but I'm trying to do this by memory. I believe Megan was actually done before Malignant, but Malignant came out first. Mm, okay. Talking about like, oh, we just can't wait. We're just waiting for Megan to be finished, which I'm assuming is because it was the special effects or something. Um, but to say, when you first saw the, tra- so I heard about Megan before the trailer, but I, very small, very seldomly. But when you first saw the trailer for Megan, what did you think? When I first saw it, I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. I was thankful that it was a, it was a new idea, even though like, yes, people can reference the Chucky series or whatever, but this like, okay, we have something else where it's like, this is a more like, techno savvy type of situation but i was just like okay i'm i'm interested in seeing it it's it's a horror movie check it's but that was pretty much the checklist it's a horror movie so it's like of course i'm gonna go see it and then when i found that it was a black woman that wrote it i'm like yeah i'm definitely gonna go see it because you know i, I feel like ever since jordan peele you know with uh with us and get out um Oh, just really low-key opened up a door for us to like really come in there and she and her doing my, my malignant i hope i said it right doing that one too i'm just like you know she's two for two in my book like okay she's two for two so i was down for it i was interested uh, the little dance sequence and how people threw america has a problem in on twitter like that was hilarious so i'm like okay yeah y'all got me sold because black people we really like came out in droves to see that movie and support it so i'm like okay this whatever they did whatever you know little crack they sprinkled on the trailer i'm like okay i'm hooked i want to see it <laughs> I saw the trailer and I thought, okay, this is camp. This it knows what it is. It's not taking itself too seriously. Because I think for me, that was the problem with the child's play reboot of 2018. Mm. Is that they tried to do the technological child's play doll, but it took it so seriously. Um, where the doll was just like evil, 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 and he had no purpose behind it. But I believe. What, what happened that movie was short circuited or it was just yeah it's just some yeah just yeah short circuited yeah yeah so there was like an ethos or an emotional connection to why it was acting up it just it just was evil whereas with megan it's like oh no she grew feelings for this child she is a smarter ai and she's like realizing the adults around this child are failing this child and she's not having it which i really like i really like when there's an emotional through line i also think the most brilliant thing about Megan was the branding they I mean giving her that dress that hair and and just sending her off like 
that's something people can dress up as as Halloween for years and years and years. Like that's brilliant. So I was really excited to see the trailer and and then the movie came out in January this year. Did you go see it in theaters? Yes, I sure did. I saw it in theaters with a friend who also wanted to go see it. And see, we all, we saw it regular. I don't know if it came out in like 4DX, which if you if any of y'all have ever experienced a movie in 4DX, oh my God, I saw Black Panther in 4DX. Oh my goodness, it was whew, crazy. And I think my the new scream is in... Look, okay, and I think the new Scream is even in 4DX. So I'm like, they are really pushing that, but that's another conversation. But yeah, we saw it. We loved it. We laughed practically throughout it. Because again, it was like you said, it was very camp. It didn't take itself too serious. And there was that ethos there. Whereas with the Chucky remake that they made, there really wasn't because it's like, okay, the doll short-circuited. There's not, you know, Charles Lee Ray's soul is not in the doll like how it was in the original. And then the TV series that came on Sci-Fi, they at least kept up with the movies minus that remake of okay charles e ray his soul is still in the doll which is like well duh that makes perfect sense you know? yeah so yeah but it was it was good and even to hear that they're making a sequel i'm really interested in that because it's like okay where can this story go with the sequel you know so i'm really interested to see what she pulls out of her bag this time megan 2.0 okay <laughs> <laughs> the upgraded version um so i saw megan here in la i can't remember who i saw it with but i'm sure it was with a friend and i know they're gonna be mad if they listen to this i'm like bitch you saw that movie with me (laughs) i'm telling you my memory is not great even with two months ago um but i remember getting seated for the theater and the theater was packed and i look i i'm gonna be honest i haven't popped into many opening night screenings since batman uh dark night it's opening everyone knows who knows me knows if it's an opening day screening i'm gonna be there um yes because i'm scared and this country's not doing shit about it so but to go see megan on opening weekend because i know how the waterfall works i know how important box office is especially for black women um who are trying to make it in the feature film world i was like i have to be seated in this damn theater to support akayla so she can get these good box office numbers like that was my whole process thinking so kayla girl if you're listening to this i was seated in that seat for you and i broke my own opening night rule but what i will say is the theater was packed and it was fun it was so fun to see that movie with a bunch of people just laughing and have a good time that it, it made me miss opening night screenings but i will not be breaking that rule like as scream came out today we're recording this march 10th and i love scream you guys know i love scream down will you catch me in the theater tonight and no ma'am because scream doesn't need my money right now scream is going to break off box office and i'm so proud of it um but (laughs) i will be there next weekend (laughs) okay i know that's right Um, but you know, watching the movie, what was your overall feeling as you were watching it? Mm, as I was watching it, I was just really, I was just really enthralled in the story and just really oh, wait, intrigued. before you continue, before you continue, this is going to have spoilers. So if yes. you haven't seen Megan, you need to tap out now. I don't think we've given anything away outside of the trailer that you've already saw, but we are about to get into some spoilers so yes i i loved it because like for me it showed where yes she grew feelings for her but i feel like when the girl had got attacked by the dog and megan had got attacked too when she got bit i feel like when she short-circuited 
it was that too coupled with her developing feelings uh, i feel like if she didn't get attacked by the dog and it was just based on the feelings we would have still got the outcome that we got um and right. i like how she was just calculated with her kills like she got rid of the dog then got rid of the neighbor and then like whoever else she came after i think like the ceo or whatever and, and that's the other thing too like i liked how the kills were minimal like nowadays i feel like a lot of people who are in the horror genre they may bastardized it bastardized it by just over having overkill because i feel like there is such thing as having too many kills like unless it's a saw movie you know jigsaw we know that damn near everybody gonna, gonna die maybe like two people might make it okay but like when it's a slasher film which i would categorize megan as i think keeping it minimal is good and then maybe in the sequel maybe a couple of more dead bodies can drop but i liked how yeah she was just really calculated and she wouldn't stop until the very end and yeah, just it, it, it was some close calls towards the end because I was like, oh, damn, both of y'all finna die. And she just finna like terrorize the rest of the world. Like, what is gonna happen? But they, you know, they got a hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> but you know, to that point, the only, the only, um, I guess, flaw, if we had to, not flaw, but the only, because it's not a flaw, it's just More something I don't, well, it's a, a critique, yes, because it's something that some people don't care about, but I am kind of over it. I'm over the dead dog trope. And it's not because I'm like this, I mean, I have a dog, I love my dog, yes. But it just feels like um, expired by now to me. I'm like, okay, she kills the, everyone kills the dog first. Yeah, and that's how we know, or the dog goes missing, something happens there. Cause it's the most innocent of life that I feel like I'm just kind of overseeing the dogs go first. I mean, and I, I know that sounds great. Some people are like, why do you care? And I'm like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I think, but no, that's the thing though. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I, that's the thing, though, is that um, yeah, a lot of tropes can be like worn out. They could have worn out their welcome, and that is a trope that I feel like has worn out, worn out its welcome. Um, damn, what is this? The uh, what is it called? I learned you learned this in school. The motif. I hope I'm yes, using yes. it right. Like certain motifs, it's like, can you do a movie without them? Yes. How will that feel well with the audience? You won't know unless you do like, you know, test screenings and then they got to go back and add stuff, which Jesus Christ, the amount of test screenings, I can't imagine what it's like out, out there in LA. You probably but get invited to, to a lot of them. <laughs> to be fair, that dog did fuck her up. So. <laughs> that part. So we got to be fair. The dog did wrong. See her, wig, like... her wig was all skewed and she said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then that meme of her just looking over the gate and the wig just to show <laughs> The wig just disheveled and and she was just like, I can't believe, but you know, it wasn't the dog's fault. That owner was awful. And then okay. didn't the dog fight the little girl at some yeah, point? Yeah, at some point, yeah, the dog had been her first. And then like, you know, cause the sister was warning her, warning the neighbor, hey, like get the dog under control. Then it right. happened again. I'm just like, girl, at this point, you and your dog kind of got it. So everybody gotta get it. Okay. <laughs> cause Mr. My Dog is Mejan. Mejan would never. And would never hurt a child. Um, that dog, not saying he deserved my John. I mean, if he heard his voice, he's like, "What did you say about me?" Um, not saying he didn't deserve it, but saying, "Megan, if I could talk to you, um, woman to girl doll, uh, next time aim for the adult human. The dog is just dogging. Like it's it's just a dog. The owner should have got it. I'm, you know, I'm just saying." Okay, okay, that part. Then you see the dog just wandering around the house, just aimlessly. 
looking for the right. owner. Yeah, digging fence, digging holes, like fix the fence. Um, did you? I don't know if you remember this, but growing up, I grew up in the nineties. Hey, we had this thing called my size Barbie. Okay, you haven't heard of it. Well, because I came out in '95, I debuted in '95. Oh the wow! World, so. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I have underwear older than you. No, just kidding. Ew. Um, well, I popped out in 89. So I grew up in the 90s. And so this, let me explain this to all of my Gen Z friends who are listening. The 90s were a great time. You missed it. And I'm sorry, but you know, it's okay. You're reliving it now and lucky you. But but there was a phase <gasps> where we had a life-size Barbie. And when I tell you it was life-size, it was life-size, like in the, you know, Megan in the movie is about the same height as the little girl, right? Yeah. Like what, four feet, five feet, maybe. Mm-hmm. They made that. That was a real toy. And it was a plastic Barbie. And they only had the white girls back then. Um, and she had, you know, the wig and the hair and you got, you could buy her different dresses and it came in a huge box. Okay. It was a big ass box. So let me just tell you the story, y'all. Um, eight-year-old Charday wants the life-size Barbie her mama you know gets it I I don't know the price of the life-size Barbie I would have to look it up but I want to say it was expensive I want to say it was at least a couple of hundred dollars okay and this was back then so you know my mama was like we got this for Christmas like me and my sister didn't each get one we had to share a life-size Barbie so Mayjan quit scratching um so we got the life-size Barbie for Christmas and when I tell you I took her everywhere I took her everywhere. We went to the store. We went to the mall. I buckled her up in the back of my seat. Y'all, this is what happened. I decided one day the Barbie needed a bath. She was not going to be staying in my house and not using a washcloth. So she got in the bath with me and, you know, I washed her up. And she, of course, did not do well in a bathtub. So my mama put her back at the box because my mama kept all the boxes just in case. Took her back to Toys R Us and was and they're like, what's wrong with the doll? Like, oh, you know, it just she just didn't like it. My mama returned that defected doll because I took a bath in it. I was devastated and I oh. never got another one. So that was my Megan story. <laughs> so Megan means a lot to me. Okay. No, that's I, right. I get it, girl. I get why you, while Megan was she that was my best friend. We slept together. We had tea time obviously took baths together <laughs> and then my mama took her back and I never just I never got her back mm-hmm. so I get it anyway right. uh, please look it up later if you don't believe me I'm not lying my size Barbie was a no, real I'm Barbie. gonna look that up because I, I can believe it the 90s were an interesting time child. what a mm-hmm. beautiful time to grow up <laughs> um okay so in the movie we were talking about this before we started recording. I believe there's only like one technically black character. I'm like, I'm sure there's others in it, but one with like speaking lines. Yeah. And she was scientist. She was like, and then she didn't die though, right? Or she no, did she die. Did, no, she didn't. Thankfully, when that explosion happened in the lab, thankfully her mm-hmm. and, and the other guy, they didn't die, which I'm not going to lie. I thought they was going to get it too. And I was like, right. Man, Chad, we, we really can't survive in nobody universe, huh? Like, well, what? Okay, so you're the lab. You're the lab person. You're working for the white girl, who's a brilliant, brilliant like uh, scientist. And she comes out with Megan. What are you doing? What are you telling her? Hmm. Make sure that those those programs are ran through. Make sure that like you know, if there's even <laughs> the slightest glitch, shut it down. And here is a two week notice. Um, I may change my mind. I may come back. 
but I just got to see how much the carnage, how much carnage has been done um, and give me my severance package. Thank you. <laughs> she she broke so many, like she broke a lot, right? She broke a lot of rules and stuff. Um, she had a brilliant idea, but she was just so like, I ha- I'm going to do this my way and arrogance. Yeah, okay, arrogance. arrogance, it'd be befalling all of them. It's like, oh, this is my way. Will have nobody seen Frankenstein? Like, this right. is a reference. And they tried to tell her, they tried to tell her, you know, two weeks notice, you're, you're better than me. I would have been like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a severance. I don't need an appointment. I'm out. <laughs> you're not going to have me co-sign to your shenanigans, lady. Like, okay. <laughs> God bless them all. But you know what? Um, Remember the scene? Again, this is spoilers. If you're still listening, I don't know why. But maybe some, you know what? My best friend actually hates horror films. So she will probably listen to these episodes just because she likes spoilers because she doesn't have to watch them. But there's a scene where Katie takes Megan to a at school, a, a camp. It's like a day camp or something. Oh my yeah. gosh. It, on January. Why am I missing this? It was like a day camp or a park or something. And Megan's getting, or Katie's getting picked on by a snotty brat and Megan tracks down that little boy and gives him the one, two, three piece business, which is so crazy. <laughs> and then she starts crawling on all fours. Like that man, that little boy was so scared. Did he, he did he die? Oh, my oh no, gosh. He, he got splat. That car hit him and he was splattered. Okay, that blood trail oh. under that car. I was like, ooh. Like, but I kind of knew it. Like once he fell down in the car, because it was either, even in the trailer with the car about to hit him. And I'm like, yeah, he's not finna survive that. Like, the car was coming real fast. And it, it I was, all I remember is just stir. And then just that little, that huge line of blood. And I'm like, oh, girl. Well, can't take him back to the stove. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <can't, laughs> yeah, he's not going back to Toys R Us. <laughs> he's going in a box, but a different box. <laughs> okay. I was like, damn, child. like ripped his ear off and everything. I'm like, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. She was I vicious. Really like you know, my sister has a weird thing. Um, she really enjoyed it, the remake It Part One, because she was like, "You got to see the kid get it." She's like, "American movies never really show kids getting it," and I was like, "That's a weird thing to say." But yeah, she she likes when it's like no censorship, and you're like, "Yeah, if you're gonna be in a horror movie and you're a kid, you should get it just as the adults get it." Um, so I was really surprised that Megan was as gory as it was, and I really liked that. Now, tell me your honest opinion. Do you think Megan was right about the adults in Katie's life? Because she gagged them a few times. She gagged them. I was like, ooh, she dragging y'all, but she has points. I would say, yeah, because the sister, you know, I feel like the sister was so career focused and career based. I mean, she, I mean, I'm a toy collector myself. I collect X-Men, Marvel Legends, because I love my X-Men. And I have some of them that are on display on the bookshelf and on the, and, you know, and others that are in their boxes. Would I let my, like I have my uh, my sister's daughter, her my niece, she is 13 now. Would I let her play with my toys? Yeah, because I wouldn't mind it. Because it's like I'm in a better space now as an as a older person versus when I was like her age and I didn't want other kids to interact with my stuff. Oh, don't touch my things, you know? Um, but yeah, like she was right. Like she was right. Like y'all, are, you're so focused on everything else that you're not focusing on her and her well-being that Katie is really neglected. Like, now how she went about it, you know, Megan, you did go berserk, but when you were gagging them, you had a point. You had a point. Like, you're so focused on this, this, that, and the third. What about this girl? Yes, I was created for her, but it's like, 
what like I think also Megan was low-key probably thinking and this is a subconscious thing and my theory what happens when Katie gets older will I still be needed like because once she gets older to like the teenage phase which that's something else I wish they would have maybe explored or maybe they can maybe explore it in a sequel like when the child gets older out of their adolescence and is in the teen years and going into their 20s it's like what then happens to this doll do they just pass it down to if they do have kids to their children like you know what happens once katie is like oh girl I'm, I'm, i don't need you no more i'm partying with my friends oh me and my man my man my man my man like you know well girl your man left you for dead like you know like what happened so yeah katie not katie megan was right she just was berserk but she was right <laughs> i'm gonna go on the other other end of this and say megan you hating bitch let me explain something to you this is gonna sound harsh but I get it because I'm a single woman. I have things in my house that are just for single women, if you know what I'm saying. This house is not made for kids, number one. So as much as I sympathize with my niece losing the only family she has, I get it. You can't just expect me to change. I've been living this single woman life for 30 whatever years. And, and yes, I do believe she was you know career focused, but that was the, her lifestyle she chose. Now the parents up and died. And so she had to, you know, I, I just wanted to give her, I wanted everyone, especially Megan, to give her more grace. Like, okay, like she obviously chose not to have kids. And though now she's got this kid and it's her sister's kid, but this doesn't mean all of a sudden she's going to be a mother figure in like a day. Like her, like that's going to take some time. And yes, Megan, you are definitely right. Cause Katie was being neglected. Like she was trying to find like a, um, what do you call it? A band-aid over a bullet hole. She's like, well, I ain't got time to watch this kid. So let me go ahead and make a kid to play with the kid. And that's brilliant. But like you're saying, there's going to be a time where there's a human connection and there's a dog connection. And Katie really needed a human mother or father-like figure to guide her through her grief. That wasn't, that wasn't homegirl though. So I'm not saying she was right and, and the sister and what she did, but I'm saying I understand it because it'd be like, if someone gave me a seven-year-old tomorrow, I'd be like, what does it eat? What does it like to play with? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know nothing about no seven-year-old. No, no, nothing about nothing. I don't know nothing. Like, can I have a martini? Probably not. So if, if we can't have martinis together, what is there to do? So I, I'm just coming from that, that side. of <laughs> No, and I get that too, because yeah, it did happen just like suddenly that her sister and her, and her man died. So it's like, plop, here goes your niece. Then you have the social worker who was like, well, you know, there's always the, the, the system. And maybe the sister was like, okay, I don't want her to go down that route because Lord knows that's a whole nother world she would have to deal with. But it's just like, hey, you gotta, you gotta decide. Do you have space for this child or... It, you know, again, this is like you chose being career focused, having your collectibles in a box and doing what you do and, you know, making money. And yeah, the, the kid definitely could derail your plans, but yeah. <laughs> Look, hey, you know, fuck them kids. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no. She made the right decision. You don't want the kid to go through the system. She made the right decision. I'm just, I'm just like, she, and it was her own fault. You built this thing to be protective, to be this parent like figure. And it blew up in your face, literally. <laughs> okay, so. baby. Yeah, that's the thing. Too. I feel like she put too much of a protection factor into her little microchip life. 
right, protect right. her at all costs. Like she's Princess Diana or something. Like girl, <laughs> Ice Spice. Now, what do you what do you think? Um, or what do you would you like to see in the sequel happen? Hmm, in the sequel, I'm. Mm. Oh God, I have not really thought about that. I in the sequel, well, of course, more creative kills. Who doesn't love that? Um, yeah. if they want to wait for Katie to get like a little older, because again, she'll be like a preteen. Then let's see how she would interact if like Megan comes back. Um, how it would be clever to see like when would they pick up on the fact that oh crap, the uh the the AI the AI the tech is still alive because as we saw at the end. It looks yeah. like Megan transferred her consciousness over into like the little like bootleg Alexa bot or whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just like what's happening with that? Will other technology in the house and even at um, at old girl's job be affected? Because it's like, you know, it's very tech based. So it's like, where can we go with this? You know, so I would just really like to see because it, it always reminds me of that movie off Disney Channel. I forgot what it is called now, but you know, with the uh, maid, like yeah, house something house something smart has smart house house. I love smart house. Yeah, smart house. So it's kind of giving that, like you know, are we gonna like pull from elements of that, and it'd be like smart house, but with a horror spin on it, you know? So yes. that would be interesting. See, for me, um, I personally believe in horror. Your monster is your marquee, and that should be always your number one. So mm-hmm. I think because. The, the problem is that I think that's happening right now is like, for example, Scream and Halloween. If we are so connected to a Sydney Prescott or a um, Laurie Strode, those, they're humans, they'll get older. And then look what happens. We are like, oh my gosh, we have to make up stories to keep them involved. So I think for Megan, I don't need to see Katie and her sister or her aunt again. I just want to see Megan continue. Like mm. that means she can go to different places, different countries. If we just stay with this family, we're kind of beholden to this family. And mm. I know that's something in horror people like, they like to bring the same cast members back and can kind the of legacy characters. I get that. But for me, I'm like a true horror monster needs to exist outside of this one family. I think the only one to really do it kind of well is Chucky. I mean, he still has Andy in the, the ether, but Chucky is able to just go different places and be Chucky, and it's still a, ch- a, ch- a Chucky movie. Um, and I think they, you know, John uh, Don Mancini figured that out pretty early on. It's just like this is my monster. Where he goes is where the movie is. So for me, Megan too. Um, again, I'm, you guys think I'm joking. Megan in space, you know, Megan in the tropics, Megan um, <laughs> White Lotus. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that hotel would be torn to shreds. Please, these gays, they're ki- that's my Megan voice. They're killing me. <laughs> Megan White Lotus would, would make me so happy. You know, Megan at a, um, you know, that remember when we were little, we would see that, um, <laughs> what is that commercial for that Jamaican all inclusive resort, oh, Atlantis? God. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I always remember saying, I want to go to Atlantis. Look how fun it is. Megan Atlantis or Megan on a cruise. You know, okay. we're talking about ghost ship. That's what I was going to say, ghost ship crossover. Ghost ship and Megan. <laughs> you know, like let's let's really just put her in the most unique places. That would be my, that would be my hope, you know? I like that though. I like that. That's actually a good idea too, to have her go. Cause yeah, she is the main thing. Cause that's something that I did notice with the Halloweens that it's like, 
you know, if they were to, because I know Jason Blum was talking about allegedly trying to like continue the story was like, okay, clearly Lori is, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is done. So then the focus would have to shift on her, her granddaughter. Um, and it's like, okay, but well, how long can you stretch that out? And then even with the right. screen movies, the situation, it really boils down to whoever was in charge, not trying to pay Nev Campbell with her worth. So it's like, okay, bet, I'm going to step out. But now y'all have only one legacy character left, which is Gail. Because, you know, spoiler, if y'all haven't seen Screen 5, they fucked around and killed Dewey, which I'm just like, I I'm still pissed about that. But, like, y'all yeah. got to see me about that. Y'all got to see me about that, okay? Because he was a good man, Savannah. He was a good man. <laughs> R.I.P. <Hey>, Dewey. <laughs> Go out like that, damn it. We loved uh, uh, Officer Doofus, if you've seen the scary movie. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, that's just how I feel about when it comes, especially slasher films, like you said, like everyone's going to see the movie to see Jason. Everyone's going to see Michael Myers. And we love Lori, we love Sydney, but we love the slashers. Like everyone's going to see Nightmare on Elm Street to see Freddy Krueger kill people. It doesn't matter who he's killing, Nancy or not, we want to see Freddy. So that's why I'm just like, you know, Megan can exist in so many different forms. And then, you know, can we get, get her a Black version of Megan? Okay, I mean... Megna yeah. something. Mega. I don't know. Give her a name, something else. Um, and, it, you know, just like they had the the white Barbie and the black Barbie growing up, like give her a counterpart and she's a bad bitch. Like, okay. Bring it on, bring it on. Anyway, okay, this is the end of the show. This is the end of the show. Out of five Afros, <laughs> what are you giving Megan 2023? Oof. Mm. You know what? I'll give it four and a half. Okay. I'll give it four and a half. I will give it a solid four. Um, only for the dog. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Won't let that dog thing go. No, Megan gets my gets a four for me. I really enjoyed Malignant, um, slightly more just because it was such a like such a swing, such a swing. One of the best endings I've ever seen in a horror film, and I loved it. So just for that. Um, but I agree with you. I, I look forward to the Megan legacy or or trilogy or what, how many Megan 10s that are coming out, you know, 3.0, 4.0, whatever, Megan X. Um, okay, tell everyone where we can find you online. Yes, so you guys can find me. I So I actually have a podcast myself. It is the Royal Hour Podcast. I am on Spotify. I am on Anchor FM, I am on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Google Podcasts. Basically, wherever there is a podcast, there is me. So the Royal Hour Podcast, you can also type in Prince Onyx, because that'll help as well, because uh, somebody else caught themselves having a similar title. Okay, meet me in trademark court. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I am on, so I have three Instagrams. So my first one is Prince of the Go, and the G-O is short for Chicago, because that's where I'm from. The second one is Prince of Gotham with the number one. And that is, I, I nicknamed Chicago Gotham, even though I'm not a huge Batman fan, but if you know, you know, then that's another conversation, you know, but anyway, and the third one is actually based on my film series, Confusion. So it is Confusion Film Series. And then on each of those, um, there is a link tree that gives you all my other social medias. Uh, but you guys can find me also on Twitter uh, at Prince Onyx World. 
and that is the O-N-Y-X for Onyx is capitalized and it's the word world, but without the O. So it's W-R-L-D. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Prince Onyx. You can find my film series again on YouTube, Confusion Film Series, but it is the words confusion and film put together and you got to hit the space bar and then you type in oh, series. It's a lot, y'all, but they'll, it'll be in the description. It'll be in the description. Yeah, we're gonna be for an hour, but I just wanted to let y'all know where y'all can find me. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm mobile, okay? Like, I'm online. I'm <laughs> online, okay? I'm online. I'm offline. I'm in that weird gray space in the Matrix. I'm there. Fighting <laughs> Agent Smith. I'm there. So you gotta put the space bar. You know what? Just can you just email me all of that so I can put you know it in the I will. <laughs> You know I will. <laughs> just imagining someone at home like, okay, the space bar. <laughs> the well, probably like, yeah, it's like, look, I am everywhere, goddammit. I am Beyonce, okay? That is so funny. It was hilarious. Yes, send us that and we'll put it in the descriptions, y'all. So you can follow him. For real. Look, I try to make it so simple, y'all, but she she put me on the spot, okay? And I was like, well, I gotta give them this and I gotta give them this. I love it. No, I do love it. I'm, I want everyone to be able to go to it. So please email us after we're done so we can add that to our notes um for us we're only on two places online we're on twitter at afro horror pod and twitter on instagram at afro horror after just afro horror i believe i don't even know anymore i could forgot our own names um thank you for coming on our show this was by far one of my favorite conversations just so fun and easy to be around now what are you working on what's in your future Whew, okay, so I am working on several scripts. I'm actually, okay, so ooh, I'm actually working on don't, a project don't right pitch now. Here. Don't no, pitch. I know, no, not pitching, okay. but I'm working on um, a Friday the 13th fan film uh, with a friend of mine. This is it's his project. I'm just uh, one of the writers and co producers on it, so we're getting that rolling pretty soon. I'm working on a couple of other scripts, you know, on a hush hush need to know basis. Um, what else am I working on? Of course, my podcast, obviously. And yeah that's pretty much it uh with the confusion series getting that back off the ground because child when i tell y'all this pandemic oof, jesus we're in 2023 but the ramifications and effects of 2020 still linger but that's another conversation and yes yeah. yeah, so i'm just working on various scripts uh, working on this fan film and yeah possibly some shorts coming out pretty soon so yeah i'm still working on a lot of good stuff so you guys get ready get ready get ready <laughs> are booked and busy so everyone make sure once you once once we get all the accurate uh <laughs> followings to so please follow prince all over the internet so we can keep updated and then come back on the show when one of the projects is done so we can talk about it as well absolutely i mean ask, you know yeah we gotta chop that up because i would love to bring some of my cast on here as well yes. so you know make it a family affair you know, that's what we love to do. We're here to support. So please, whether it's that fan fiction or the other, the shorts, um, whatever, just please come back. We can, hopefully we'll have, um, we'll have like Megan news to catch up on by that time too. Okay. Something that, um, I was, and Ephraim, <laughs> <laughs> guys, I have a cold. I don't know what that was. Um, for everyone else who's listening, Thank you. This is the March episode. Um, we'll be back in what's next? April, I promise you. Um, for updates on picture, please make sure, you know, picture is the short film that I wrote and directed. It's called Picture Short Film on Instagram. And we've already submitted to a 
bunch of film festivals. So we may be taking this podcast on the road this year. Um, you can check out the poster and the website through our Instagram there. And then eventually we will make it available for you to watch online. Um, thank you so much, you all, for listening for the past four years to our little show. And thank you to our guests for being here today. You were so sensational. I really enjoyed having you. I can't wait to keep up on what you're doing and 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 making horror a safer and better space for the Black community, which is our whole ethos and mission here. Um, we'll see you guys next month. Don't go anywhere, Prince. We'll say a proper goodbye. But everyone else, see ya! Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hempel for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at @AfroHorror or on our website, www.AfroHorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast. <laughs>